This show was brought to you by Ouch My Ego. OuchMyEgo.com Hey there, John. Hey there, Andrew. How's it going? Good. I'm glad you asked me how's it going. I have a sprained ankle because I'm a giant and I fall off things easily if I don't step right. And so I sprained my ankle, skinned my knee. What's really fun about this sprained my ankle, skinned my knee thing is years ago, I designed a shirt called Faulty Compass Hiker Gang. Like a biker gang sort of shirt, but it's for hikers. Pretty sure I've seen that shirt of yours. Yeah, it's kind of cool looking. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn. I think I do good work. But it had never sold a single, never, ever, not one. But the day that I stepped off of the bottom rung of a ladder and, and stumbled and sprained my ankle and skinned my knee, I sold that one shirt once on my Tee Public shop. Just look up Jemetsko on Tee Public. Easy. And when I looked at the design, and at the bottom of the design, there's text that says, Sprained ankles, skinned knees. That sounds like certainly a dink. It's called a plate of shrimp, Repo Man. But yeah, it just like happened that day. We're both sprained ankle, skinned knee. And I'm like, well, the only thing that would make it the full kicker is if it happened while I was hiking. But I wasn't hiking. There's no place to hike down here. Anyway, so that's that's how I'm doing. Thank you. I, I don't care how you're doing. Well, but I not. do care if... Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm crying over I here do. now. <laughs> but I do care, actually, uh, about a little bit of your history with movies. Uh, obviously, that's why you're on the show. I, my question for you is, do you like Silent Hill movie? The first film, yes. There, I have some issues with it, but in a general sense, yes. I really, I do think it's, of all these video game films uh, ever made, I think it's one of the do best Do you think ones. it captured... Yeah, okay. You captured the tone and vibe and stuff of those games? Uh, for the, Of the first game, yes. It could have done with some more existential dread, but the idea of these these two worlds and all that, it, I think it, I it pulled it off. All right, well, let's go to the Resident Evil franchise. Any of them work for you? If I remember right, I like maybe the first half of the first one and then the back half of the second one, and that's about it. Wow. You don't like the desert one? Nope. I find the desert one to be the most competently made one. And uh, two episodes later, there was one where they're in all sorts of different fake cities that Umbrella set up. And it's kind of crazy. There's like Russian zombies and tanks and motorcycles. And that's a really fun episode. But I don't think those work for survival horror being translated into films at all i tried i i know i've seen that one and yeah that didn't do anything for me and about that time i checked out because they Hmm. really weren't if we're gonna go say like i don't want to go faithful adaptations or any of that kind of nonsense but even just tonally like it they were terrible and the final episode is just absolutely the worst thing put to film as far as adaptations go it's worse than uve bull's video game adaptation of house of well the, that's saying something because that movie dead. is very bad well you can actually see what's happening in that movie it's not all close-ups of action scenes <sighs> worst editing worst framing it's terrible that's the final what well honestly though why am i even asking this what did we just watch we watched eden log welcome whatever may your origins be it is here where your arduous journey ends sacrificing what is most important to you your consented efforts make you a natural candidate to the citizenship 
of our society. To the citizenship of our society. Eden Log offers you its passport. I prefaced all this stuff with video game survival horror stuff. Uh, let's talk a little bit more still about the video games. Did you play them? I have played them. Do you like them? Uh, yes. Uh, Resident Evils were good at the time. Once they made the transition to third-person action style, I kind of faded away. Well, Resident Evil 4 is a great game, and I didn't think I would like it, but it's great. I, it's great. I don't like it's it, stupid, but it's not... It's silly, but it's great. Yeah, I, I know everybody loves it. I It just never got to me. I think 5 refined what they were doing, but it wasn't that good of a game either and no no you're right my experience and the nostalgic memory of playing resident evil 4 was fun and i enjoy it but if i think to oh i'd like to get a remastered version and play it again i go uh yeah but no you don't though oh no take controls are annoying as hell like i just don't want to because I already did it. And I, I, I did it on the Wii, too. That's my uh, Resident Evil 4. But uh, there was a Shattered Memories uh, Silent Hill we played on the Wii, too. But uh, why why this survival horror questioning? Do you have any clue? Eden Log basically is a survival horror game put to film. Yeah, you picked that up when you were... Is this the first time that you saw it? No. A long time ago, back in the past, I used to do a dvd review wait a minute excuse me i'm sorry a long time ago in the past in the past that's usually not in the future or the present yes, but a long time that's ago. usually where a long time ago is is in the past in the past but occasionally you do have to tell people this because sometimes they forget okay well you just blew my mind <laughs> but yes i love you john i'm just giving you garbage yes years so. ago okay okay I, I did dvd reviews and this was one of the films that popped up and i dug it and i remember giving it a very good review i haven't gone back and tried to find that review but i don't believe i ever mentioned survival horror anything but in watching it this time around that was kind of one of the first things i kind of noticed was basically yeah it's any of these survival horror games where a guy's just kind of wandering around in creepy locations uh solving puzzles all right so i told you off air that i was going to read this thing off the back of the box get ready for disagreement here is a pull quote from black book whatever that is think the born identity set in an apocalyptic future with a dash of predator thrown in for good measure yeah no no that's nothing like this movie i mean i guess no you can't make it fit yeah i said they're trying to go oh like, oh wait make a predator connection in any way born identity than... the guy's memory wiped jason right. Bourne's memory wiped. apocalyptic future fine i mean that's not a reference to anything but predator absolutely well, the monsters no. in it but even then they're zombies really they're more than morlocks. Any, well, even they're not morlocks. even zombies they're yeah they're the time well, machine it, yeah morlocks, directly right? that's what they are oh yeah i totally agree with that yeah so okay so what happens here's just tell us the basic this guy uh wakens inside this digi room there's lots of uh, uh like roots and things he's like in that. mud first though. and yeah and he's like the lowest lowest level of this 
facility is the best we can kind of figure. Apparently, he gets some cryptic things about if you work hard, you can become a citizen. Yes. What the heck does and that mean? Essentially, he just kind of as he he goes along and tries to make his way up from because we start discovering oh this facility it's like negative five and negative four and things like that for levels. So as he's ascending, more and more things start to fill in the gaps. Although his memory, he only discovers that at the very right. end. Actually, you know what? Just thinking about this right now, and the thing that someone should compare this to is Cube. Cube. That's a good one. Now, I compared it to Pandorum only in a double feature thing, and I know you don't like Pandorum. I don't know why you don't like Pandorum. I know why I don't like part of Pandorum, and it's because of the hammy acting from Dennis Quaid. But I like a lot of Pandorum, and a lot of Pandorum feels like this as far as I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. I know that I need to get out and go up find an exit and that's all i know because survival i need to survive it's a survival instinct thing and then there are strange creatures in both that are humanoid that's why i say double feature uh they're they're very different yeah, and, and approaches that, to the story though yeah and and with that like yeah they they do match in that in there's that a sort similar of theme going on so here our character is this is a french film so this is played by a guy named clovis i can't i can't say his last name cornelac cornelac yeah, corniac Corniac, 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 and he's yeah. uh, he was actually the second guy to play Asterix because they had Asterix and Obelix movies with Gerard Depardieu, and they made two of them, and then the third one that came along, he replaced the other guy, and Gerard stayed as Obelix. I bet you didn't know that. I did not yeah. know that. Although I've only seen one Asterix and Obelix movie. Yeah, they're, so. they're not great, but they're funny, but they're not great. Which one did you see? Uh, whichever's the one that has Monica Bellucci. Ah, Operation Cleopatra. That's what you saw. And yeah. Mono- yeah. We can talk about that for days. But we won't! Okay, so you liked this when it came out. What do you think about it right now? I still like it, although it's one of these things where one I remembered this film totally differently, oh, though. Explain. In, in a way. Part of it is, I didn't remember a damn thing about this movie, except for the fact that I remember it not having a whole heck of a lot of dialogue. Right. And to an extent that I could have sworn on a stack of Bibles that uh, this film went like 45 minutes before someone said a word. Oh, wow. I would have sworn that up and down that, like, I seem to have remembered that there was a lot that happened prior to just someone talking, and I was dead wrong about that. Well, right, because the dude wakes up, gets up, walks a few feet, and something kind of detects him sensors and it's a bunch of like projections of ladies heads and like i guess they're all speaking at the same time but the one voice that knows your language like the film i i guess picks that one and presents that one to the character and it explains to him some vague crap (laughs) like you said something about becoming a citizen what there's a lot of that vagueness where i vaguely remembered how this thing kind of played out at the end except i definitely didn't remember the ending ending but i kind of had a vague memory of the guy's secret and stuff like that but I, I sat there and I'm like yeah they spend a lot of time just being as obtuse as possible <laughs> about everything Here's a tiny everyone fake, who talks tiny little carrot come on dangle dangle oh not even that much I mean it's just like people really babble about nothing <laughs> 
for a while and then you kind of get once you get to the botanist then you start kind of getting pieces actually filled in all right so before the botanist he okay so he's rummaging around not rummaging really but he's trying to find his way and he does things by instinct by feel and he makes his way up it is almost like watching a person play a survival horror video game it could be survival horror video game cutscenes the movie but he finds different levels progressively as he's going upwards it's a slow movie i find myself when i watch this movie i've seen it two times the first time similar feeling it's kind of hypnotic and part of that is because of seppuku paradigm that's the band or group that does the music I loved that ambient score. I actually need to now look for it because I, again, I don't remember if I dug it when I heard it the first time, but this time, for some reason, it just, it was sticking out at me at moments, and I'm just like, holy crap, this is really good. Now, they've done a score for a sort of giallo, giallo called Red Knights. I like that score a whole lot, and this one is uh, not as melodic, not as musical, but it is so relaxing. (laughs) It's comfy to the point where i drift or it's potential to drift if you're an old fart like me (sighs) and i I think i'm having issues with paying attention to movies even the ones i love because i really do love this one i find it to be kind of refreshing but it's a movie that that forces you to stick with it yeah you do have to pay attention because yeah it is very kind of dreamlike in its dystopian vision you know visage it's incredibly slowly paced and you just but that's that's like playing a video game like watching a person playing a video game when you're playing the game like you and i playing whatever the game is we're not oh humming at all we're like engaged in trying to find the next clue but you're watching me play that you're like god this is boring get on with it find the clue already the movie isn't that bad but it it has a little bit of that to it where you're like can you be any more vague computer and it's a computer being vague for the most part right well it's even like i said that first actual living person that he comes across is this dude who's attached to a wall by vines and he's like like he's becoming part of the this root system almost yeah and this guy's just kind of screaming about stuff you know it's like i created this and i'm the reason why this is going this way or whatever like dude what how explain who are you who am i what is going on and the guy's just not helpful yes it's like yeah it could have been very simple being like hey mr da 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 you jerk you did this or you should have done this or blah 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 but no he's just a ranting raving crazy person so it seems like but as you said he's like trussed up i don't know the word he's got vines well, he's, it's like he's be yeah he's like becoming part of a wall yeah he's but hung it's up like, on a wall okay you, you know the beetlejuice when the dude comes by in, in the underworld and he's got papers and he's just yeah he's like the guy's roadkill yeah, yeah he's roadkill like and he's really thin so he goes into a thin slice of the wall well this guy is is like dangling like that i guess i could have easily said like a scarecrow as well but it reminded me of beetlejuice okay so yeah he's dangling like that but the the vines are taking over his body it's almost like when you imagine somebody freezing like bit by bit that's how it sounds even the sound effects that they have the vines wrapping around him what do you think of the special effects in this for the most part i think the effects are good I mean, a lot of it is practical stuff. We mentioned the creatures, and they're basically uh, puffy zombie people. Yeah, Morlocks. Uh, they're they're okay. I guess they're mutated humans. Do you understand what happens in this? Though, like, why those 
things are that. Oh, yeah. Do we really want to get into it right now, or do we want to save that? Because that's... They kind of reveal it, but then they don't reveal it. Then they get to the end, and they reveal it. Okay, but okay. It's after... In, like, the most roundabout way. After Hanging Dude, <laughs> he goes into another room. There are boxes... He actually hides in one of the boxes at first. Yeah, he ends up in and his... that's a clue. Yeah, he ends up in his metal cage of emotions. <laughs> no. But yeah, he's in this sort of um, glowing box. He's inside of it, so the walls look white. There was a special effect that was pretty cool, where they showed him in the box... And then it's somewhat transparent. And then from outside the box, a body hits or swings and hits. But you can see, like, the silhouette of the person. Yeah, it's like, basically, he's, like, in this hanging box. And it ends up smacking into another hanging box. And, yeah, you see see the silhouette. But the silhouette also is kind of transparent. And you see the shape of the brain inside of the guy's head of the silhouette. I don't know if you noticed that. It almost looks like a very fuzzy x-ray of the person. I didn't notice that. I just noticed that it was basically a dead body in the next... In the next uh, yeah, cubicle. basically. It didn't move at all, but it's like thud, and it just stays. But I kept on looking at it, and I'm like, you can you see the outline of the head, but you also see like this gap inside the head, and then you see the brain shape. Yeah, see, I didn't see that. I didn't I, I didn't notice yeah. that. I, I, I now Check feel out again. a little it's, dumb. Yeah, I, just, I can't wait to it's, see that. It's really interesting visual effect, and I'm, I'm wondering if they just had like a, a visible, you know, like those dummies, the little dolls. Oh, yeah, um, yeah the little guts, like, the visible man. Yeah. I wonder if they had something that they set up like that so that it's just a practical dummy that they just plop there that the light shines through so that it has that effect or if it was just an accident that it, it looks like that even though it's just like a person or whatever anyway it's just what i thought while i was watching it actually i should bring up something since we're only this early on in the film is it just me or was the film shot in black and white first and then they transitioned to color stock or was it always just a extremely muted uh desaturated uh, color i think it's just desaturated because i I said they're going it felt like it was black and white and then you kind of get like a bluish tint and then once you get past this scene that we're talking about then color finally actually shows up because there's like a little red light blinking on one thing i was trying to remember this film like i don't remember this thing being in black and white yeah it wasn't quite black and white it's always had a color tint to it but i'm sure they could have because the age when this was made it was 2007 when it was made 2009 when it was released in america so i'm sure they uh could tweak the colors like the coen brothers did their oh brother where art thou which was shot all black and white but yeah it takes a while for that color to really creep in though that's another thing that i dug about it was just kind of how it's very distancing in a way because you kind of have this you know very dark thing and then as as it goes along yeah you kind of get these little creeps of color and then it's kind of almost like the guy's mental state just as pieces start to fill in all of a sudden color starts to show up now remind me do the security dudes that show up show up before or after the botanist they show up before the botanist yeah because he's hiding from them and you know they're talking about uh it's all it's the first time we see one of these monsters because we just kind of hear some stuff before yeah, that we just hear howling and, and grumbling monster noises in the distance but yeah it's like they're sitting there they're like talking about how they need to find the architect and ah the architect is a guy not to sound like the matrix but there's the guy that he met earlier who was trussed up into the wall yeah that's the architect I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember like, I that. I this. I'm the architect. Hi, Mama. Yeah, I, I remember that because there's a shot later on that reminds us that that's who it was. Yeah, okay. Hey, audience, you're an idiot. Here's a shot. Kind of. Flashback. But it's also... Of. I mean, well, it's, with a movie like this, it's kind of helpful. 
Well, it, it has to. With those shots. It has to start filling in pieces as, again, as this puzzle is formed. Now, there's this one scene that's fantastic, but it's also weird. Oh, this whole movie's weird. That's why it's here, because it's weird. But it's not denying that it's weird. But this projector thing where this Asian guy, Japanese man, actually, is talking to his higher-ups saying, I cannot, no, not even higher-ups. There are people who don't have the authority to work within this thing. And he's trying to figure out, it's like a computer playback and he's trying to figure out how to watch it right but it seems like there's all these projectors all over the place shooting fragments of this thing so he keeps on holding up items and things and putting them on the wall so that the image would rest on it yeah he's, he's building a screen because this projector is like uh, showing him bits and pieces of he, well, he's seeing only bits and pieces of this image and then finally as he kind of builds this screen for it to see we can actually see what what he's trying to see and this is part of that vague information where we actually get more of it and it's less vague but it's still not clear what the guy's talking about yeah you just know that he's like something about the workers uh rioting and there's an intruder of some kind which is probably the architect and the japanese man cannot turn the keys over <laughs> he's like that's not part of the agreement or something like that so it's still vague and then of course we have the like like you said security guys and he's hanging now above them there's a lot of hanging he, in this movie like climbing and hanging right yeah. so he climbs up on top of the ceiling because it's like great metal grates these are almost like cages they're science cages i guess little <laughs> offices yeah something like that. Here, science cage scientist and yeah so there's all these like computer stuff hanging around and like there's a duct sort of thing that he pops open and it blows coolant all over them or something and uh then he tries to escape but that's when we see i the mutant yeah you know what they kind of reminded me of do you remember the film prometheus do i yeah because that's i'm not talking about the engineers but there's that one dude who becomes like a zombie creature and he yes he, he gets burned he gets burned to death and all that stuff they kind harris they kind of remind me of that of of kind of how he looks well okay their eyes they're like mole creatures sort of mole men because their eyes grow over it seems so they just they have uh, a visage, but it's mostly just monstrous mouth. Like they don't necessarily even have noses. Well, it's, that's kind of what I was talking about, like them being kind of bulbous and puffy and stuff, where they're kind of almost like they have full-grown body cancer. Yeah, they're a lot more muscular too. So they go. I think this uh, this mutation. What happens? I'm not necessarily saying the start of the mutation. You're wanting to hold off on that first. But I think what happens is that it primordializes a human. It turns him back and so it devolves them so that they become more like uh cavemen but before they they were men you know well i guess we should just at least go with this point our hero is also infected with this and that's definitely where with him especially kind of has the caveman sort of thing oh he's he's definitely got a caveman thing going on when he meets the botanist yeah so he meets the botanist which is a lady and they kind of team up sort of yeah she but this is where we get the revelation that he is infected but his infection is different than what seems to be the with the other ones because he manages like she like i'm gonna hook you up to this plant and it'll react to you but uh we'll take care of it once well she wants to find out if she's infected and it's like it'll react but i'll stop the stop it from happening and then the plant but the thing that he and the plant interact differently than how it interacts with other people where it might take them over whereas with him 
he stops it. Yeah, he like, it like reverses it completely because it grows and turns into a. F- all these plants, that we these roots and stuff are all kind of dead and gnarled and stuff. But then he reacts to it and it actually uh, makes this thing grow and, and become lush and you know green and bloom. Everything. Yeah. So, but how this this virus affects him is uh, it's like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, in which um, he becomes hmm, kind of rapey. Yeah. Which it. But. Yeah, I'm going to ask you. You said which it, and you might already be going there. It cuts between two versions of what's happening. I was about to talk about that. It lands on the end of it, which is the negative version. But cutting between two versions, what is going on? He's making love with her, or he's raping her. What you're getting is, like, it starts off with, like, this Hollywood sort of love scene, and then obviously you get this quick flash of, like, violin. And then those violets kind of become more and more until you get that it's only the violet stuff. And then he has that, you know, he he just kind of realizes what happened, and he's just horrified at what happened. He backs off. It is not a uh, chosen. I think like an intellectual rape where a person is like I know what I'm doing it's like he's actually a monster he's yeah. like I said Dr. Jekyll That's, he's overcome with this I use that term exactly actually later on because he purposefully Jekylls out at one point and oh yeah that's different that's different this is when he's he's actually the first time he's ever exhibited this type of thing he's overcome with this yeah so he becomes a monster without having any idea of how to handle it and he handles it in the worst way <laughs> which is taking her so she's right by like get away from me ah i don't know if i can trust you but like but she sticks with him because what else is she gonna do she needs to get the hell out of here too because there are monsters yeah. down here there's monsters and then there's security teams and the security teams for some reason have one of these monsters these mutants tied up or, or like like a watchdog you know like on a chain and they're like let him go there's some things that i still don't quite understand about this well that i think it's more of because they mentioned something in the beginning that's you only start to kind of understand as it goes along they mentioned the call and okay and that's the some of those weird sounds that our hero first hears because then later on the botanist starts to hear it too yes and so it's part of the reaction that the people have uh when they're well basically what ends up happening is that these people are being fed the sap of this tree we're, there you go you're here now I, you've arrived we're, we're, we're getting to the point where it's revealed anyway so we might as will start going into a little bit of it what people believe this facility is is that they're mining the sap of this plant for energy so this tree it's a very large ancient i guess huge tree that in this sci-fi future has properties that can benefit mankind by powering electrically their cities but it, that's in a nutshell that's what we are told that is what the the idea of this place is what it actually is is that help me understand okay yes the yep. uh, the people themselves these immigrants that are brought in and promised citizenship are hmm okay so this might be topical because it's a french film France has a lot of immigrants. You know, like District B-13 also deals with some of this issue, you know? I don't know if you've seen District B-13. It's a parkour action movie, but it actually has some cultural and political ramifications to it. So I think this might be a comment on it, which is interesting because it's not my country. So I'm not sure. Yeah, it definitely feels kind of topical and, and strange. Now, you know, considering... I don't know what was going on in France in 2007, but yeah, just kind of what's going on now, it just kind of, it has a weird... Weird, weird feel to it yes but essentially these immigrants are fed the sap 
from this tree, which energizes them to work. I guess they're just digging. It's never really explained what work they do. But I guess mining. But I don't know. Yeah, the idea is that essentially that they work until they are, you know, just drained completely. And then their bodies are picked up. And then uh, all the energy that's actually in there is... They're put into those cubes. And they drain the energy from them. So they're turned into batteries. Like the Matrix. Yeah. Like the Matrix, which there is the... Pro- okay, so if the Matrix had the people working and then interred in this goo, which then they would eventually dissolve and become nothing, maybe that might make sense for the Matrix, because I, I know Matrix doesn't quite make sense if you think about it. So this makes a little bit more sense, because then they're put into the cubes, and then those cubes are broken down. Yeah, there's, they're har- yeah, harvesting people for energy, but at least uh, the reason why they have the energy is at least explained by the fact that this is a magical sci-fi tree. <laughs> magical sci-fi tree it's the tree from the fountain <laughs> i don't know no no it's not, no, but... it's not. <laughs> this is a good Emerging movie this movies. is not the fountain that one's a gold in it in picture this is a gray dark picture but basically we discover that this guy is his name is tolbiak and he's actually the security yeah. force commander who was set in he's a number one point man yeah he was basically kind of set in to crush this worker rebellion and ended up getting infected and losing his memory and but his mission was yeah, he and his crew just get knocked out so he wakes up around a bunch of bodies and which is also interesting when he does wake up it is very video gamey in the sense that he's not quite naked but he's shirtless covered in mud and he's got pants on and i at once i was like why has he got pants on because i was imagining that he should be naked if you're just gonna have a guy wake up in the middle of nowhere and give him nothing and then he eventually has to pick up clothing and items along the way like a video game which is what happens but he's wearing pants but it totally makes sense now why he's wearing the pants well at the beginning i honestly started thinking and again not really remembering a lot of details but for some reason i started going oh yeah this is a remake of labyrinth and he's Jennifer Connelly, and the monsters are no. David Bowie's penis. No, stop it. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Nobody needs to think about that, mister. I'm sorry, I was sitting on that one so, for a while. Okay, but he does get up, and he finds, like, some dead security guards, and he takes off their gear, and he puts that on, which I was like, this is very video game. This is like he's doing the... I guess video games actually train people to be a bit more aware of their surroundings if they're in a strange situation i think maybe especially having worked in the mall as well and you go into the back ways of the mall what i call the guts of the mall i would always be looking for the exit always be looking for a bludgeoning instrument in case we're overwhelmed by zombies monsters some sort of thing Uh, i'm sure you had some of those types of flights of fancy when you're oh yeah traveling the back ways of a mall oh right? yeah actually uh, working always working thinking, in vegas yeah at, in the casino yeah when you get into the interior uh, workings of the casino you definitely start to go oh man this would be a great place to hole up in a zombie apocalypse because you can there's so many ways you can defend yourself and hide in this place right but you're always thinking now this is because of video games i think which are like be aware see if that item is usable and that's what he does in this and, and he makes all these decisions 
where yes that item's usable good put it on carry it use it we well, also and i was actually he, quite happy about that as he's as he's going along and this kind of video game thought where you kind of have pick up these things you know like when he like we talked about the japanese guy the technician he's he gets the information from the technician he doesn't know what he's going to do with this little chip but he has it he's you know he starts reclaiming yeah. all these things and it turns out that was his entire mission because we also get a revelation uh, a little bit earlier in the film than this that he actually killed the architect the dude on the wall he actually ripped the dude apart because that's when he when he has his his little uh, jekyll out moment he has this also a flash of ripping this dude apart and it's like oh he killed the architect too he just didn't that's, realize it. well he had two missions right right gather the information kill the architect and he got both right but then more security team is coming after him and the botanist yeah and that's botanist is like turning her back on him now because he starts to keep on on turning into jekyll a bit yes like he defends her at one point but she starts to at one point she just starts to flip out like convulse and all sorts of stuff because she gets she gets uh infected herself and she's like hey but she got infected because he he was with her let's yeah 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 it's an std this time which is unfortunate really unfortunate she's a pretty cool character they actually kind of both are and for a blank who doesn't say a lot and he's an audience surrogate he seems to be it's a it's a pretty cool concept anyway how does he take on the system because that's really what it ends up being this guy who worked for the system being point man for the system achieves his goal his mission is complete yet there's a changeover yeah it's it's that this isn't right yeah which it's questionable how much he knew about what happened in the facility you know before this before the story because we don't know aside from seeing when he gets the full revelation of who he is he's watching little data discs and stuff and that's kind of where he gets the realization that he's the guy who's in charge but how complicit he is in what's going on in this can be debatable where you know either he was in charge of this thing and all he knew is just keep the workers in line get the people in line the end or i guess since they do have this mural uh, that shows us the process of people going down and being harvested i guess he knows what happens in there he doesn't really care thinking about it now as i'm saying this out loud he has to have known <laughs> he has to have known what was going on so yeah he has this complete you know so now this is the question you are you have amnesia are you a new person let's say you have amnesia but you still hold on to the concepts of morality so you're not completely wiped of all knowledge and all learning you just don't know who you are and you don't know why you're there and you don't know what your mission or goal is or even if you have one of those but you do know right from wrong i think he he became a new man with all this happening because i have this feeling that the dude that he was was a total amoral asshole and and now that you know having been essentially reborn and he goes into the caveman few state and rape zone but when he comes out of it it's that shot of him being horrified yes of what happened okay so now what is that significance then i mean whereas obviously we understand that rape is bad and he understands that rape is bad but i would imagine that him prior to all this happening probably would have done it and not cared oh he would have probably might have just gone and done it and then been like you know and walked off and be like you know just kind of blown everything off and be like i can't say anything uh that would fit on this show (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Yeah, so so that's that's the weird part of being being reborn but also being still uh, a monster and corrupted in that sense it's just it's almost mixed messages of sort yeah but he takes on the system what the freaking heck does he do there he basically integrates himself with the tree itself 
Like there's Oh, so this is another Matrix thing. Yeah, he plugs himself or into Neo. He plugs himself into the Matrix and uh, since he can make this tree expand, you know, he can bring life to this thing. The tree basically overruns at least the city. And yeah, well, the city all the energy turns off from the city but the trees take over the tree takes over the vegetation takes over the city rapidly which probably means uh, he committed mass genocide <laughs> since perhaps uh, yeah it, oh well especially if the hospitals need energy to run just think about the hospitals themselves everything else everybody can find you don't need energy to yeah well I'm, I'm just thinking if because we just see this tree start growing over everything which again if what happened to the architect is any uh indication oh there's probably a yeah, lot of people maybe. who became part of a tree all right skewered S- wrapped Huh. Yeah, so it's questionable what his, you know, what, what the real ramification of what he did ultimately is. But, I mean, this is a pretty messed up society to begin with. As, <laughs> yeah. And, and granted, so, the people themselves, we are kind of led to believe, don't know that what is going on in this facility is exactly what they're but, doing. But, okay, so then you can still say this. You can still say this. The people up above are benefiting from this whole system, but they are ignorant of what they're benefiting from. The complicity that they actually have. Now, let's go here. I'm going to make an analogy. We have a lot of people who are like, go green. And by the way, yes, go green. By all means, go green. Don't do anything bad to the earth and all of that stuff that's happening currently right now in hard swings. And a lot of it is naive because the people who are on Twitter who are reposting this stuff are on Twitter reposting this stuff using technology that is mined out of the earth using somewhat slave labor. You and I, John, if we have cell phones, are complicit in ethically... In sweatshops and stuff like that. Questionable stuff. Stuff that the people who are like fighting against it uh, socially, social network-wise, just outright ignore or don't know that they're complicit in it. So, the trees take all of us over and kill us, because we're all bad. Yeah, that is it. It becomes a very interesting moral... Right? This is heavy. I didn't expect it to actually get that heavy. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff. And even then, I didn't, until we started recording, this little line of thought wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. in mind. But yeah, in discussing it, you kind of start going, hey, wait a minute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Click, click, click. Yeah, there's, there's, I remember reading something about this where fairly recently, like, I think, and granted, I don't put a lot of stock into this thing. So this has like a 40 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting there going, I'm wondering, are they talking about the critics or are they talking about the audience? Usually it's critics when they talk about a Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. And I just think, A, this is good and there's a lot of thought to it. The The worst yeah. thing about this film, really, is that it's all shot handheld. And I think... And it, I can tell you that usually bothers me so much. I'm going to make mention of a, a current movie right now. It's called Tiger's are not afraid i can't stand that movie why are they handheld everything why is everything shaking constantly like it's nypd blue why 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 i can't stand it just visually i can't stand looking at the thing this movie didn't do that for me yeah and that's the thing is with the exception of a couple of moments where it did stand out in a couple things because it's so obviously handheld where a lot of it yeah you you don't really notice 
Even, yeah, even though, okay, so so you just you notice the footfalls when the guy's walking, who's yeah, holding it's, the camera. It's very obviously being handheld. It's like your parent holding a camcorder trying to capture you doing something. It's, it's right, that bad. Right. So you, you have the body juts. Hold, yeah, yeah, that's the problem with a lot of handheld stuff or the constant motion. This movie didn't really give me that problem. I'm happy about that. I didn't really notice. So that's actually very good for handheld. If you don't notice how handheld it is yeah, for and the that's, most part. And that's even the thing. That's I, I bring that up and then I just sit there and go like, except it never bothered me with the exception of literally like one moment of the film. And yeah, yeah it's, it's hard for me to come up with anything that I truly dislike about this film. It's very yeah, well, it's, it's very well constructed. The pacing, the pacing is a little slow, but I mean, okay. Yeah. It, that's it, the product. That's the thing. Yeah, and it's not slow to the point that I, you know, because I was watching this fairly late at night and tired, and I was never drifting off at any point. Yeah, crazy, huh? It's a pretty good movie, I say, and and yes, obviously there's some, ooh, morally whatever, but, you know, movies are movies and their stories are stories, and unless it's exploitation, this film is never exploitation. Yeah, at least it's a lot deeper than you you would really want to think it is, because, oh, hey, uh, this is just some weird dystopian future thing. Oh, wait, no, there's a lot more or buried under the not even buried under the surface i like european sci-fi way more than i like any american sci-fi they definitely I do, do have an interesting flair because again we also did immortal all that time ago and that was definitely an interesting one too <laughs> yeah i would say that this is better but go check out immortal ad vitam and check that out and see if See if it's your thing too. France and Germany really like science fiction. This is what I learned when I lived in Holland, which is right next to Germany, and I'd go visit Germany. They loved sci-fi, so I think maybe that's where I get my love of this kind of harder, darker edge sci-fi. I'm just weird and like and like stuff like this. Yeah, you are weird, and you do like stuff like this, right? Yep. Okay, I guess we're done. So we're gonna just say bye. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good one. All right, bye. Good night. Have fun. God, this is boring.